Hello and welcome to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast, your spot for everything Dynamo. I'm your host, the Sinsky Man, and with me today is Kyle. You and me, buddy. We are your dynamic Dynamo duo, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the 0-0 draw against Sporting KC at home, discussing how the interim manager fared, and previewing our match against LAFC. But before we do any of that, last week on the pod, all the guys got to have their say about the big firing of Coach Nagamura, except for the Sinsky man. I was not there to put in my thoughts, and I think it is absolutely outrageous that we as fans are excited for Nagamura to be out. Our general manager said he would give him time, give him windows. There was no leeway, leeway, how do you say that? No leeway this season in terms of transfers. Who did we bring in? We brought in Sebis, a striker who requires good service. And we brought in Hector Herrera, Champions League player who's playing like a USL player right now. Okay? There. I put it on the line. And then he brings in a bunch of lone players like Zeka, who he's had his eye on for years. Everybody says that's Nagamura's guy. How can it be Nagamura's guy if he's had his eye on him for years? You tell me that. And years ago, Nagamura's just dealing with youth, not some old Brazilian guys, right? And then Thiago, who he admits on live radio, sort of, it was a recording because he didn't want to answer any fan questions, that Thiago was a mistake, that no one had scouted and that we signed off of somebody else's recommendation. Are you kidding me? Who's he calling up? He's not calling up the Sinsky man. Kyle, is he calling you? I, Pat Nagamura, you're hearing it here first. I'm Pat out. Kyle, what do you think about oh Pat Onstad? Is he, is he your GM or do you tell him to go? Of course he's our GM. How you, I can't believe this is happening right now. Where is, where is guest host Manny? Let's get him back on the pod. <laughs> Listen, Sinsky, I, I did miss you, but that was, that was, um, I wasn't prepared for that. I am I am not Pat out, and I know you have been uh, Pat. You I think you Pat is his seat is warming up as you say, on um, fire. It's oh not oh, his seat's up. on fire. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I I would say if anything, his seat has a slight warmth to it. The guy, it, it's his first season as GM. It was Nagamura's first season as coach. Naga was always a stopgap. Like I don't think at this, I don't think anybody could argue that he was going to be the guy after his display his coach this season like and if you want to make the argument that's fine but you'd have to use something to back it up and i don't think you have anything to back it up with so um but pat has shown that he is working with ted siegel new owner he's willing to you know pour into the club pat wants to make moves he's brought in hector he worked on the subis deal he's probably you know making other moves that nobody's even aware of at this point that will propel the club forward. I can only yeah, hope like so another he's a legend. Uh, another no, not another no, not another one or not another a, unknown Brazilian commodity. I think another I think we're gonna see from Galaxy for a third round pick. We literally got Stares for free. We gave him a third round pick. Is there even a third round in the draft? I'm pretty sure we made that up. LA Galaxy is still playing paying Stares's salary they wanted him gone that bad and we said yeah we'll take him how many goals has that grandpa scored this season (laughs) as a center back two i think maybe three i want to say three (laughs) how many goals has tim parker scored this season 
That's not Tim Parker's job. And that's not and that's something else that Dynamo does too much is they expect players to do things outside of their roles and when they when they do things outside of their roles they're pra- praised for it, but then when they're playing their role well, we say, "Eh, let's replace him." Like Tim Parker, crazy. People are crazy. Oh, he doesn't pass 20-mile passes all all game long. No, but he keeps the ball out of the box. And when he's yeah. off the field, they go in the back of the net. But who else do you bring in? Clark? We got we got I, babyface I, Nelson. Okay. Who one. might be good. We don't really know yet, but he might be good. Yeah, and his little 15 minutes cameo appearances. We'll see. Look, I'm just saying is is Nagamura got a raw end of the deal, and Pat Pat gets to sit back and say, you know what? I get another season. Ted likes me. I don't know. I think Pat has clearly in his message to the fans, which by the way, uh he entitled his note to the fans dynamo faithful so (laughs) take take with that what you will read into that however much you want to i'm going to read into it as much as i possibly can that he's specifically addressing (laughs) us but um i think that he is showing some some responsibility as much responsibility as he can show in this i don't think he's going to put himself on the chopping block here but i i expect a better off season a better second season as gm and if my expectations are not met, then, you know, we riot and we kick them out. I'm just going to say this. First episode, I said out of out of my own mouth, I said in Pat, we trust. And I've said that over and over on this pod. And then Pat shows us we cannot trust him by the way that he's brought in some of these transfers, by the way that he has sent Nagamura to the curb. And now he's saying we're gonna do, we're gonna do more this season, next season, next season, and then and then next season when we're in last place, he's gonna say, "Oh man, we brought in the wrong coach." Nagamura is his guy. He hired this guy. He says Listen. he's gonna give him time, and then he says, "Fare thee well." Yeah. Well, it was those darn PowerPoint slides that apparently held so much weight over over Pat. Okay, here's a question to you: If you're a Ted Siegel, you're pumping money into this club, and you're looking at across the table at Pat Onstad. And Paolo Nagamura, after one season, were in second to last place, tied on points with the other team, San Jose, having a game in hand. Who are you keeping for another season? Who do you trust more to lead the team, the organization? I send them both out, but I also oh my don't, but I also don't say I also don't say, hey, we're gonna give them time. I'm up front and I'm honest and I say, look, we're watching the season. We're gonna see how things play out. We're always trying to improve. That's what I say. So then when the coach obviously isn't the guy for the job, Nagamura, you're a handsome guy. I love you, but you obviously weren't the guy for the job. Then you can let him go, and the fans don't have to wonder what else you've been lying to us about, especially when we thought that Thiago was a scouted player, and then he goes on Glenn's radio station and says, well, actually, we didn't scout him. Someone recommended him to us, and we bought him. Panic buy. And then we treated him very poorly, and he doesn't want to be here, and we don't really want him here, and we're terminating that loan as soon as we can. Like yeah. I just, like I just think things are adding up for me to say, Pat Onstad, you're a goalkeeping legend for the Houston Dynamo, and that's it. You know, you you don't have to be a legend and a GM. I don't think he's getting both best of both worlds. His seat's on fire, and I'm ready to say, Pat, sayonara, man. I don't know, man. I, I think you're I think you're a bit crazy. I don't think the seat is on fire, but it certainly is warmer than when it was at the beginning of the season. And maybe next season it won't be warm at all because we'll have those cool mesh seats or in three years, however long that's gonna take. 
And I feel like at some point he promised us a roof, and that hasn't happened yet either. <laughs> and maybe maybe he didn't. Maybe that was a pipe dream in my own heart. But still, I want a roof in our stadium. Okay, I just had to get that off my chest because you guys got to go on and on about it, and I just had to listen to the podcast like like just an average listener and not the host. So I just had to share my opinion. As crazy and as off-base as it might wind up being when it's all said and done in three years when we look back and say, man – and Pat, we trust again. But I, I'm i not saying that right now. I'm not. I'm disappointed in you, Pat. I know you're listening. The Sinsky man is disappointed. Pat, I love you. <laughs> Kyle loves you, Pat. You're you're welcome on this pod anytime. Get in touch with our people. We'll, we'll get our people in touch with you. Um, okay. So last game, Kyle. 0-0 zero, zero draw. I'm, I don't know what it's like to, to like be upset at a draw. Because it seems like a draw is is a win for this team, and that's that's kind of disappointing. But mm-hmm. but in this instance, it really did feel like we got away with one when we were a man down more than half the game. Give me your thoughts on the game because I kind of shared mine on a uh, Dinah Bros. Nil nil at home, I think is uh, it's it's hard to get excited about that, and I don't know if anybody's even you know excited about it, but at least maybe or, you know, at the most content, we're okay with that result in this scenario. End of the season. We're not, we're, we're mathematically out of playoffs at this point. Yeah. We, you know, at, at least on this night, we showed up a little bit, put some character and some fight into the game and kept them from taking three points. So yeah, a point, you know, at this, at this part of the season with the context of this club, is fine, especially with the context of Matias Vera selling his his team out and going out in the forty first minute. Um, God, that guy! I cannot wait to see the back of him long out of this club. Uh, I think I'm with you on that. I was I was really about Vera at the beginning of the season, but it seems like with most of his seasons with the Dynamo that he just tends to fade as as the season goes on. And maybe that's just a that's just a Dynamo tradition across the board. So I will say from from Dyna Bros, I was actually very excited at the end of that game. I felt like we we really like stole one. I felt like we had that big chance with Thor's shot at the end and it just like so close yet so far, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, man, Sporting KC's lucky to get any points mm-hmm. out of this at all, especially yeah. with us being a man down. But after all the fallout of what happened this week, because I didn't realize the draw was going to mathematically take us out of playoffs. I thought the run was still possible. But uh, now we know. Yeah, the, the run, run is officially over. Yeah, the run is done. As they say, yeah. <sighs> this was a. It, I didn't get to watch live. Um, I was playing a, a really boring gig in, in a band I play in. Um, so I was I was following along and I watched highlights and I, it definitely seemed like it was like a game of inches. Like I, the the stats show the crossbar was only hit once for each team. I s- swear I in the highlights I saw like five crossbar shots. It seemed so much closer uh clark came up huge with six saves he was at that one really big save off the corner or the cross whatever it was but um it it really seemed like the game could have gone either way so i can understand you know after watching that live and going right into diner bros that you would have you know a little bit of excitement seeing that team hold the shutout and keep you know from dropping big points there it's it's harder you know, coming back later and seeing the highlights and going uh, nil nil at home against yeah. Sporting Kansas City, a big rival. 
Um, at least we didn't lose to them for a third time this season. And seeing a, a not so sold out crowd at PNC, you know, it's just a, it was it was less exciting for me. Forty eight hours removed from the game, but you know, one point it's a point that's cool. Speaking of the, it keeps uh, up our point to one point per game on the season. I think that's fun, right? That's pretty hilarious. Um, speaking of the attendance, my wife like asked me during the game like where they're playing, and I said, "Babe, look at the crowd. They're they're playing in Houston." <laughs> Like it stinks that that's kind of an obvious thing. Like, oh, there's yeah. there's nobody there. It might be a home game. You know, that's how I can point it out. I guess I also could have said, look at all the orange seats, the empty orange seats. But I think you just the numbers themselves tell it tell that story. Yeah. So, Kyle, I want to ask you, how do you think our interim manager did in his first game out as the as the top dog? Yeah, I think he did okay. Um, I think he probably surprised a lot of people, myself included, and I think our text group included too, with his lineup selection. Uh, I think most of us were probably surprised to see Corey Baird still starting on the wing, uh, Zarek Valentin coming in at right back over Zeka. I think Griffin Dorsey was serving his suspension for yellow card accumulation. Um so there were some some interesting moves on the lineup and but I think part of that was him like trying not to maybe shake the boat too much or rock the boat too much just with how what do we have three games left four games left maybe in the season and him wanting to put out the players that he thinks might be most capable of you know not conceding at home I think that was a big part of it you've got Valentin who's doesn't do anything going forward so he might do something at least holding back as a as a you know third center back almost playing on the right side. Um, we were exploited on that side all night. He was <laughs> he was a letdown defensively. Yeah, I mean if you're the if you're a sport in Kansas City and you see Adam Lundquist on one side and Zarek Valentin on the other, you're probably going to go to Zarek's side. Yeah. Just knowing that he's played eight minutes this season. So, <laughs> yeah, that that to me I think was you know. It, could go either way as far as if you thought it was a good move or a bad move. I think it was kind of a neutral move by um, Kenny Bundy, but it sounded from Dinah Bros that you guys said he showed some heart. He was up and down the touchline. He was yeah. um, out of his seat. He was making making moves. And, you know, a, a rough start for him. Matias Vera goes out with a red card in the first half, and you've got to make a big adjustment as the coach in that in that move. And after halftime, he made some subs and you know, he had to, he had to make tough calls and that's a good thing to see a coach being able to pull off. And, uh, I, I think he did fine for his first game in charge and, um, tough game to take on as your first one is for the head coach, you know, sporting Kansas city, big rival. We've lost twice to him this season. You don't want to drop points again. And so I think he, I think he did well. And I love that he started Bartlow. That's the guy deserves his spot, his time. And so, Good, good call by him. I, I also think Barlow was a good call. I think Valentin is never the right choice. And to me, that means Zek is out, right? Oh, There's no time. way we're re-upping that loan or buying it out or whatever. There's no way. If you're going to start the the guy who gave up two or three on goals last season, who's 31 now, I believe, who hasn't played all season except in a couple of cup matches, and I think he played like one or two MLS games. So if he's, the, if he's your choice over... Zeka, I think Zeka's done. But I just, like you said, the Corey Baird and 
this lineup really does tell you it's the same people basically that Naga chose. Um, I think mm-hmm. Naga would probably start Valentin, uh, right? If he was here, I don't think Zeka would have got the choice. Zeka seems to have been on the outs for a while. Which is so strange to me. Like he would Zeka was his guy for so long this season. Well, I'm, I don't know about that because Zeka, like he, he took a long time to get into the squad and then he had a run of games, which mm-hmm. seemed to be Naga's thing. I'm going to give, I'm going to give you a run of games and I'm going to give this guy a run of games. So Zeka got a run of games and it just seemed like he got worse and worse. And Jake would say that he just gets gassed, right? That yeah. that's Jake's number one thing on Zeka is that he can't go 90 minutes by the 65th minute. Zeka's getting burned. And that's, that's something that Dorsey Dorsey's going to go all 90 minutes long. He's yeah. not going to, he's not going to be great all 90 minutes long, but he's never going to stop running. Dorsey's definitely going to get burned on defense a few times and Parker's going to have to cover him, but Dorsey's also going to bomb into the box a few times. And I think that's more reliable than maybe a good cross, maybe a night of just terrible crosses, which is what yeah. Zeck will give you one or two good crosses or just terrible crosses all, all game long. So I think, I think Zeka burns a shot for sure. But when you look at that, it really just shows you that the expectations were too high for Nagamura this season. There's no way we're making playoffs. If we're bringing in a whole new manager and he picks basically all the same people, I think he could have played Parker for instead of Bartlow, and he chose Bartlow instead. I was proud of that choice. I still might have preferred to see Parker instead of Teenage. I don't know if Parker's nursing an injury or anything, but I probably would have pre- I prefer that matchup just because I think Teenage is dangerous, but Teenage is also yeah. like when he's on his game, probably our best center back. But also best po- the, best potential center back yeah, probably. That's yeah. the way to put it. Yeah, for sure. So I just I was happy with what Bundy did, but I I just thought that lineup really showed that he's making the same choice as Naga did. And you could say it's because he doesn't want to rock the boat, but I think it's because he played the best guys available. And those yeah. guys just happen to not be good. And I think that's on Pat Onstad that we didn't bring in players that are good. Um personally but this is this is about this game not about past decisions what do you think of the subs that bundy made we saw Saren come in for uh dq darwin for darwin that's pretty fun thor for baird and babyface for sevis what do you think about that yeah i think those moves make sense um i think it would have been interesting to see how we could have lined up if we had kept sevis on the field um if we had somehow figured out a way to partner, you know, Sebus and Thor and let babyface Nelson come in and, and take over that Fafa role of running at people and getting into space. Um, but I think the moves make sense. Yes. Yeah, Darwin Sarin comes on for Darwin Contero at halftime, which is, you know, He's is basically right. That's, coming on for Vera. Yeah. That's the move yeah. to make when you yeah. lose Vera. I, I, we've talked about Vera so far, but I think we just need to make it clear what happened here. This guy picks up a, a cheap yellow card right on the edge of our box. Pretty dangerous challenge. If Johnny Russell takes one more step, he's in our penalty area area, and Matias Vera gives up a penalty. Like it was it was a pretty close call. And I think uh it was Matias Vera has teenage Hadebi right behind him, covering that that challenge yeah. potentially. You don't have to make that foul. So first yellow card there. Second yellow card, 41st minute. It's just the easiest decision this referee will ever make. 
he comes in and he's two footed. He's up off the ground. He's, he's right below the guy's knee. He doesn't actually make a lot of contact with the player, but anytime you have a two footed challenge, it's going to be a card. And and this was just, I, I, it was silly to see him even contesting it. Like, and that that's just so frustrating. And man, I can't wait to see him go. He had the captain's armband too, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, yeah, 44 minutes. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's tough. That's tough to see your captain pick up two um, unintelligent yellow cards in the first half. I, so, I don't get that choice for him as our like number two or number three captain. That's just strange to me. Like, I don't yeah. know what goes on in the locker room, but I just I feel like on the pitch, I don't see Vera being the leader. You know, you see like Clark being the leader. You see Parker. You see Hector when I mean when Hector's a leader, whether he's playing well or not, he's going to, yeah. he's going to be, he's going to get in players faces. He's going to get in opponents faces. He's going to talk to refs and, and the refs respect him, you know, um, like yeah. talk, that's a leader. But then Vera, I just, I don't see him. I, I don't see him get in guys faces. I don't see him like talking to people really, you know, yeah. I could even see Dar- uh, Darwin Seren having the armband because you can tell that the teammates respect him. I don't I don't even know if the teammates respect Vera. Like, I don't see that. So yeah. that's just a strange pick for me. It's very strange, especially when earlier in the season, Adam Lundquist took the captain's armband from Tim Parker for a couple games. Like, And Lundy was on the field and he played a great game. He got, you know, one of the highest rated uh, performances from this game. So, yeah, uh, yeah really strange pick. We should have known... Watching the highlights, we had kickoff within four seconds. Matias Vera had already turned the ball over to the other team. His his first pass was an uncontested ball from our side of the field, and he drops it right to Sporting Kansas City midfielders and sets up a counterattack within five seconds of the game starting. <laughs> like to the, be fair to Vera, been... there you could name any player from the Dynamo and tell me that story, and I'd be like, yeah, that that seems par for the course. Like that's just what the Dynamo do is give up the ball. Yeah foolishly and ship them out ship them out clean slate yeah so you're saying ship them out hector herrera did that job for atletico and did it very well you know he played against manchester united in the champions league and as much as i hate to say it he he held it down in there and manchester united had a really hard time and he was he was well rated so do we put hector in that spot and bring in a a new higher performing uh, forward getting midfielder, pr- progressive midfielder, dare I say creative midfielder instead? Yeah, um, I don't think so. I think I, maybe I, I know I'm, I'm not making any sense so far. <laughs> if you want to play HH in that spot. So to clarify, Matias Vera is playing as the deep lying center midfielder. Right. You know, maybe a center defensive mid. He he steps back into a you know back three pretty often during games. So, I think HH has the capability of playing that role um, if he's fit. I have yet to see him fit, and uh, and and by fit I mean in context to his Europe days, um, which I know are starting to get behind him. But he's coming to the MLS like he should. He should have a little bit of a step on some of these players. Um, I think you could play him there if we set up a double pivot and you partner him with another good box to box midfielder and you open up the space for a true attacking midfielder to create. So a pretty traditional, like four, two, three, one formation, and you have good wingers 
you have Sebas up top and you have a really solid attacking midfielder, whether that's we we're giving minutes to Marcelo Palomino or we go out and we try and find somebody that's already highly rated and proven. Um, but good. I don't, I don't think HH is the, is the only guy that could play in that role that Matias Vera plays right now. I think he's not on, he doesn't have the pace or the stamina. He's showing that he can't keep match fitness, you know? So I, I don't know if he's going to be that sole guy. Okay, man, that's a little disappointing, but Kyle, I'm going to take your word for it. And I, I like that you have a plan set up and everything. Uh, the the role that Vera's been playing, that hybrid role, I think it's so interesting. I love the idea of him being a defensive mid when we're on the attack and then when we're defending, coming back as a center back. I just don't know if we ever really saw it be successful. So I think it probably would be better to go to a more traditional, like you said, four two three one, where we can just we can yeah. press a little better, we can pass a little better, we can you know, we should be still be able to defend to defend there with a double pivot. So when you need that player and that role, like to break up play and to help start the attack, like right. you look at top players in that position, you know, like somebody like N'Golo Conte and in, in the Premier League, like that is that guy's game. He breaks up play and he's the one driving the attack, getting the ball to the attacking players, working with the wingers, like not saying that we're going to have a N'Golo Conte, you know, type performance from Matias Vera or somebody else on our team, but that we need that mindset of a player in that position. And Matias well, Matias Vera does have that mindset for weeks. I one absolutely disagree with you. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Thank you for the context. There. For weeks one through five, he does, he breaks up plays. He makes great tackles. He, he then moves the ball to somebody who can really do something with it. Uh, example, Coco Karaskia and yeah. who had a phenomenal game against sporting Kansas city. So I just, I just feel like if Vera could do that consistently season long, then yeah, let's keep him. Let's start him. I'm about it. But the problem is, is we've seen years in a row now that that just doesn't happen. And I, I really think Pat needs to learn that because if, if he says like he did this season, these guys can do what they did this season, like their highs, they can do that for continually a whole season. Then he's wrong and he needs to go. But if he recognizes that, what we have at best is inconsistent potential players. And then he brings in people who are consistently decent. Then you're already three or four places higher up the table. Now, if you bring in some, some big players, some guys who can really do jobs, a real creative player, um, a a real winger who who could get the ball Mm -hmm. to Sebas, shoot best team in the West. I think that just about wraps up this game. We spent a lot of time talking about it. Producer Ian is like begging me to move on. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, take us to the general news segment. Guys, we have a yellow card record update for you guys. As you may be aware, if, you are a, if you're a longtime listener, you know that we've been keeping up with the yellow card record in the MLS and that we have the chance to make history. Okay, We were at 83 yellow cards before this game, and now we're at 87 because Barry got two, Darwin Seren picked up one, and who is the other yellow card? Ooh. Darwin Seren got a yellow card? No way. It's the only way you know he's on the field is if he gets that yellow, you know? <laughs> and uh, Sebis. Sebis got a yellow card. That's right. It's a good return for one Sebis was a guy who worked cards. really hard for not a lot of, uh, not a lot this last game. So that's always disappointing to see. 
but he got the yellow card. He's adding to the tally. He's everybody's contributing somehow. I think Jake said that on uh, Dinah Bros, and he's absolutely right. Everybody's contributing to this somehow. You know, we have two players with nine yellow cards this season. I feel like that's a ton. That is a ton, and one of those is Coco Carskia, which yep. Uh, I was uh, talking to Manny about that recently. I was pretty surprised, not act- based on like how he has played this season, but you just you don't think that you're like one of your key attacking midfielders is going to be the guy picking up this many cards. But I think he is a, he's not done well in that aspect of his game this season. Yeah. Yeah. He and Hadebi uh, have both uh, seen their fair share of uh, yellow card suspensions, nine each. I think Sarin has seven, not positive on that. It might be six, six or seven and a lot sprinkled amongst the team. Fafa's got several. uh, We got a lot of yellows. So we're going for the record. Manny thinks we can get 100. I think we need 94 to break the record. I think we're breaking it. <laughs> I think we're going to break it. I don't know if I want the record, but hey, something's got to come out of this season. We are also doing a last place wooden spoon watch. Kyle, tell me how that's going. Yeah, so um, standings update. We are we are currently tied for last in the Western Conference. We're just ahead on goal differential over. But we are ahead. Day. We are ahead, and we are ahead in the wooden spoon race, and that we're not in last across the entire MLS. DC United is still holding down the fort there. Uh, Wayne Rooney, your boy, doing his best, but uh, not there yet. Side note, did you see Wayne Rooney gave a debut to a 15-year-old? I did see that. It's pretty wild. I think he's like the third youngest player in MLS history. Yeah, good for that kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're, you know, fighting for, for not last since you posted in the, um, text group recently that you went back and listened to our first podcast episode I did. of the dynamo faithful, which, um, a little bit of a glutton for punishment yourself there. But, um, I was reminded of that first episode too. And, and we asked everybody expectations for how we're going to finish this season. Yeah. And my response was not last. And this team has really, really threatened the needle on that one. So we'll see. I hope they can hold on and that I will be uh, proved correct and that we will not be last at the end of all of this. Something interesting also is that Scroggins said, because that's actually why I went back to listen to it. I wanted to see, well, two reasons. I wanted to see what our expectations were, because I remember we talked about it. And then I also wanted to see what everybody had said about Naga so that I could throw it in y'all's faces now that y'all were happy that he was fired. Um <laughs> But uh, I but think we I was, all said something to the tune of we trust Pat. So, yeah, but one of us knows the truth now. <laughs> but Scroggins said, as long as Darwin Serin is getting minutes, we won't do better than 12th. And that seems to have been prophetic at this point. Dang. because Darwin Serin's a pretty consistent sub, which I said he would be. Um, I remember over the offseason, a lot of people were like, no, this is it. Serin's done. I was like, no. He coaches pick him and he's and then he played a lot of uh, preseason and then boom, there he was one of our number one subs. So I I knew he'd be getting minutes and then Scroggins said we wouldn't finish better than 12th and look at where we are now. So Scroggins, you're you're a smart man. That just blows my mind that you said we wouldn't do better than 12th. And here we are, because I really did think I got my head caught up in the hope and the expectations of 
of playoffs. You know, everybody mm-hmm. said playoffs, 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 playoffs from the organization. So I'm thinking, man, maybe this team really did just do badly because of Tab, and they're going to be better. But when you look at it, all we've really done is transfer who's scoring the goals. We haven't upgraded anywhere. You know, Fafa doesn't have the goals he had last season. Sebis got those goals. Now, I'm not saying that Sebis isn't the guy. I think he can be. But right now, it just looks like he's just getting the goals that somebody would have got. You know, he's just getting yeah. the okay chances right now instead of Fafa. Like, we're not we're not making things happen for our forwards. It's just those few times where things go in, he just happens to be the guy that's in the box when that's happening. So, it's just, it's it's wild to think. I really did think we were going to be better this season than we than we are. Yeah. And now I look at the squad and I'm like, why the heck did I think that? Oh, that's right. Because Pat Onstad told me it would be oh, like, no. because I trusted him. Because I said, yes, Pat, and you I trust, but I should not have. I should have said, I know the Dynamo. I'm a Dynamo fan. I've been faithful. There's no way we're getting high up in a playoff spot. And I really did think playoffs. I was I was hooked, lined, and sinkered, as they say. And I gotta tell you, Pat, fool me once. Shame on you. You shouldn't fool people. Golly, is that how the saying goes? Anyways, that's our general news segment. We go ahead and uh, we're going to talk about our next matchups. Now, we do have New England Revolution around the corner, Kyle, but you guys talked about them last week because by the time our faithful listeners can listen, that game will already be here, come and gone. So I'm glad that y'all did that last week. And we're going to focus on the LAFC game because, like we said, Revolution game will be done. But we will do a Dyna Bros on the Revolution. Kyle, I'll be there, most likely. I bet you'll probably be there. The yeah. Jake Brandt, hopefully, will be there. So, And hopefully, it'll be a great Dyna Bros. I'm, I'm enjoying the happier feel of the Dyna Bros the last couple games. So, Yeah, I mean, or, there's no pressure now. Like, there's, yeah. you know, playoffs are long gone. We can just, we can just have fun. All right, Kyle, so... Since we're not talking about the Revolutions game, I do want you to tell me about our away game versus LAFC. Yes, we are heading to LA this coming Sunday, the 18th, 9.30 p.m., late game for us old folks. So we will, uh, I'll see if I can stay awake. I can't promise anything. Um, but <laughs> we're going to make it entertaining. We score big against California teams. That's true. We, we dominate California teams this season. So I'm hoping that we can take the same energy where we beat LAFC 2-1 at our house and we can take it to their house and do the same. You know, FC Dallas just beat LAFC 2-1. I don't see why we can't do the same. That we can. So I'm hopeful uh, that we can do that. We go steal a point from them. And if we don't, I think like that's expected. And if we do, then that's pretty cool for us. Yeah, I see that. Um, you know, they're top of the table. We're nearly at the bottom of the table. Goal differential keeping us a little above San Jose. Um, so, you know, if we if we lose, nobody's going to cry about it. Well, <laughs> I bet we'll still cry a little bit on Twitter. I bet there will be some some emotions poured out and on Dynabros. But I do think, like you said, probably the expectation is that we'll lose. But just wait for my prediction. Um, but here's some some news for you, Kyle. You're a Gareth Bale fan, as you and Manny have like made the entire world known on this pod. I think Jake was gonna like rip y'all's heads off if y'all had talked about Gareth Bale for even a moment longer the last time we played LAFC on a Dynabros episode. 
But, you know, he's been here, I think, 77 days, and the MLS kind of just released, like, number one jersey sales. You know he's number one? That's pretty outrageous. As he should be. <laughs> Take that, all the other imported players. Chiellini, Insigne, Bernadeschi. Hector Herrera. Hector Herrera, yeah. I bet, I bet HH it. is pretty high up there on that list. Maybe, I, maybe halfway. I need to buy one. Um, jerseys are so expensive, but... And I feel like the MLS like just steals from the teams on on uh, merchandising. They take all the money from what I've heard, so it makes me less wanting to buy it because I'd rather feel like I'm supporting the Dynamo somehow. You know, buy a dollar hot dog, but uh, but I should get a Hector Herrera jersey, even though he hasn't been like tops. I think it's still a pretty big deal. That'll probably be a purchase I make. So when you look at the standings, LAFC obviously on top. They've got 60 points. They're averaging two points per game. Kyle, I know you know it. How many points are we averaging per game? Yeah, half of that. So we're averaging one point per game, 30 points in 30 games to their 60. Um, two that's points correct. per game is really impressive. Like That's a very solid return. So, um, yeah, 60 points. I think they've got a, a pretty decent lead over – is Austin still in second? At like 51 points, something like that. So yeah, they're up there. Yeah, solid, solid season for LAFC. And um, and even with Gareth Bale not even playing that well. I think he's he's got what a couple goals? Two goals in nine games. Yeah, he's not starting really. So I think that's intentional. Unleash Gareth Bale. You know that he's kind of like injury-ish prone. So maybe more than ish, maybe very you could use. So he's probably said, Hey, look, coach. I don't mind coming off the bench for you, but there's a reason I, I'm not a DP, and that's because I'm not expecting to play too much. I just want to stay fit for the World Cup. Like, that's what he's here for. We know it. We know it, Gareth. Doesn't even talk to fans after games, I heard. A good friend of mine, Kyle, told me that. Uh, exactly. Manny. So, <laughs> no, it was Kyle. Kyle and Manny. So, I think uh, I think LFC, LAFC is doing what they always do at the end of the seasons, though, and they're, they're kind of fading a little bit. Some mm-hmm. losses. You know, we just made them look like a bunch of sissies. Um, I don't I don't think there's any reason for Dinobot to say to not say that we're gonna win this game. So Dinobot, I'm ready to hear the predictions. Go for it. Dinobot's prediction for Houston Dynamo at LAFC. Seventy percent chance loser FC wins. Twelve percent chance Houston Dynamo win. Nineteen percent chance the two teams draw. Dale, 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 dynamo, and stay faithful. Okay. Okay, Kyle. I teach math and every subject. Now I'm self-contained fifth grade. I teach it all. But uh, if you add up the percentages Dynabo, J- Dynabot just gave us, do you know what yeah. that comes to? Yeah, I think it's slightly over 100%. This, if, if the Dynabot is sentient or not, was ever a question. <laughs> now we know he really is sentient because there's no way a robot's going to accidentally go over a hundred. So yeah. it's got to have full-time awareness now if it's messing up pretty simple math. So I think it's ludicrous to say that the dynamo only have a 12% chance of winning when we stomped all over them just a couple weeks ago. Kyle, what do you think? I Exactly. And I mean, this has been a season of dominance on the road, as you have said, Sinski. So. That's right. I don't understand where Dynabot is getting this data from, but we are clearly uh, a team that wins away from home. And, 
Yeah. What I think happened is is Dinobot saw the rules of math are that you round up when you get past the, you know, 0.5%. And, you know, once you get past that point and Dinobot more was like, raise the score for exactly. Less, yeah. And Dinobot was like, I'd rather go above 101% and maintain the rules of math. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a, another sign showing that Dinobot is, is breaking barriers here. But it, it is a bit tough to see a 12% chance of success away when we, you know, just came off a pretty, a pretty resounding win against the same team. So hopefully this team can listen to Dinobot's prediction and use that as fuel to add to the fire to take to LA. Why don't you give them a better prediction to go off of? Go ahead, Kyle, predict the victory. Predict I'm going to go victory. by, yes, I'm going to go with the old faithful 2-1. 2-1 away from home. I think that's going to happen. We're going to take three points off of LAFC. We will continue California dominance. And I'm going to go ahead and say that Sebus picks up another one and Thor is going to blast in another goal in LA. I would love to see that happen because I think uh, Thor's got to be reeling from that crossbar hit, right? He knows that yeah. was a goal. His his score tally is one less than it should be. So he's going to make sure that he rectifies that. I think 2-1 is it's a good prediction. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. In fact, we've seen that happen before. So it makes sense. Except that we are going to continue our California conquest. Okay? And it's not going to be 2-1. It's going to be a 3-0. Do you remember how hard our defense played against these guys just a few weeks ago? I think my man, Tim Parker, did a goal line clearance from your boy, Gareth Bale. Mm -hmm. I remember Steve Clark looking like an absolute superhero. So I I don't know if they even will sniff the back of the net. I don't think they come close. I think we destroy him. I think Tim Parker lays somebody out real hard. And I think you're right. Sebas and Thor will both score. But you know what, Kyle? It's time. Hector Herrera, he's been here long enough. He's he's had enough mediocre performances. He's going to get an assist and a goal in wow. California. And, and I think it makes sense because I bet he's got a lot of fans in California too. I, I bet Houston is not the only place where – there's a large Hispanic population that loves Hector Herrera. I bet there's a large Hispanic population in California just waiting to see this guy play at home, their home, not our home. And he's going to he's gonna show up, and he's going to show out. I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be a stomping 3-0 victory. So, Dinobot, you can take that, and in the words of Ludacris, wind it back, okay? Let's move on to our fun wrap-up. So, in the text group, I got pretty uh, riled up about Pat Onstad the other day, and we had about a 200-something text conversation about how bad, how badly Pat Onstad failed the Houston Dynamo and Nagamura with the squad that he uh, handed him and told him to get to playoffs with. And I told Manny, I think it was specifically to Manny, I said, even Pep Guardiola couldn't take this squad to playoffs. And I've had a lot of time to think about that, so I'll give my opinion in a second. But Kyle, I want you to tell me, is probably the number one manager in the world right now, Pep Guardiola, Mm -hmm. able to take our Houston Dynamo squad, as is, to the playoffs in the Western Conference? Okay, I have to, I need to ask a couple of stipulations here. Okay. Is this, does Pep get this squad at the beginning of the season? 
Well, I, I, I was about to say right now, but we are mathematically out. So literally yeah, how far back, how far back does he go? Um, let's go back to Hector Herrera showing up, right? That's probably the last okay. major thing that happened. Hector Herrera showing up. Okay. That's fair. I feel I, I don't remember exactly, but I'm going to guess we were somewhere around nine, 10 or 11 when HH gets here in and around. That's a fair assumption. Yeah. So, um, cause the, the, Conversation was still there. This is the question that every every soccer fan asks. You know, it could because Pep always inherits a pretty solid team. He does. You know, before I mean, I'm sure going back early in his career, he probably you know actually took you know mediocre teams and made them play pretty well. But in the last you know 10, 12 years, he's picked up some pretty pretty decent teams and ran with them. I do actually think that Pep could take this squad you're wild at 9th, 10th or 11th place in the table after HH gets here and turn them around. Listen, all you asked for was could they make playoffs? That's only potentially two to four positions in the table that they have to climb. So, I I do think it is possible. Who's the guy the is goals? uh he plays Sebus, he plays Thor. We don't sell Pasher because Pasher is going to come good in Pep's team. Pep relies on a capable left-footed winger that can produce. And Pasher was just not given his chance. So I think I said on the first episode, Pasher who? Which that might have been the most prophetic thing I've ever said. Yeah, well, poor guy has been already cut from his team that picked him up five days ago. So, uh, yes, I think Pep turns this team around and gets them into playoffs. Do they compete for the MLS title? Absolutely not. But he gets them squeaking into seventh place and then they crash and burn in the first round of playoffs. I, I don't know how you can say that. I look at this squad and I look, I just, my heart breaks for Paolo Nagamura because there was no way he had no chance, but I, I look at Pep Guardiola, and like you said, he takes good teams and makes them reach that potential. Now, there's not a living, man, active manager alive who could who could salvage this team. But there is one no longer working manager who still lives and breathes by the name of Sir Alex Ferguson. You might have heard of the Manchester United legend, greatest manager of all time. Only competition would be Sir Matt Busby. Um also Manchester United, he could probably take this team and get them going, you know, blow a hairdryer in somebody's face and really get in, into them and say, what are you doing? And he loved Chicharito. He probably loves uh, Hector Herrera. You know, he would love Fafa. I'm, I'm convinced he would love Fafa. He would love Sebis. Oh, my gosh. The, the young strikers, that's his thing. And there's there's nobody that Sir Alex Ferguson can't get into the heart of. You know what I'm saying? So easily done i just we have a live um a live recording communication chat going on so that we can talk to each other without messing up the pod and producer ian says arson vanger i'm pretty sure you pronounce the w of v and that's wild that's wild there's no way that 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 yeah, wily old man simply untrue yeah that wily old man would just he would just fall apart he would just fall apart with this team arsenal let him go and and I think the Dynamo would let him go to Pat, Pat Onstad would definitely fire Arsene Wenger. <laughs> would he fire Sir Alex Ferguson? Wouldn't have to. That guy would get him to the to beyond playoffs, not just playoffs, MLS Cup champions. Boom. 
Sir Alex Ferguson. But there's no way Pep could do that. You heard it here first. Faithful, You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> crazy is my middle name. We love you guys. We're so grateful for y'all. Um, hope you enjoyed the different dynamics tonight. Review us, rate us, however you're listening. And remember, stay faithful. Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. We are Chris Sinski, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Barry, Kyle McGuire, Emmett Rumfield, and James Franklin. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff with marketing and design from Zach Below. Dynabot is powered by predictions from 538 Club Soccer Predictions. Learn more at 538.com. Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamofaithfulpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful.